Uh, Dennis. Happy hour, my friend. Come back to us. That hit my funny bone. Oh, well, hello. How you doing, man? It's another week. Hey, hey, whoa, another week. Wow. You know, this is episode number 120. 120. Who could ever think of it? It's like, what? Huh? What? It's like, Explains, explains the, the increase in jeopardy because of my diabetes. I said, how long is this? She, I said to the doctor, I know it's worse, but how long has it been worse? And she said, about 120 weeks. There you go. That explained uh, it. Medical connection. The nexus. The nexus. You're to blame. Yes. My, my Spanish producer. How'd yeah. you like that? How'd you like that introduction the other day? Yes. I, huh? I'm, I am your Spanish producer. See? So producing. one of the reasons I wanted you to see that Linda Ronstadt documentary that she finally agreed to participate in is that it has a lot of Spanish roots mm-hmm. and a lot of really important parts of her that I did not know about. Mexico. And Spain. I So I thought, oh, Dennis sent me a YouTube video. Great. And I clicked on it and it said, this is not for you. You cannot see this in your country. And really? so, but I have That's my... Surprising. IT superpowers to make it look like I'm in New York City. And right. I did that. And then right. I could watch it. And then I was like, whoa, right. Dennis sent me a you know, two-hour video. Well, um, here's the thing is that when you send those folks to the notification that you're actually U.S.-based, mm-hmm. send them a picture of yourself and tell them that you are, in fact, Eddie Munster. And right. when they see that, they see the picture, they say, holy shit, man, look, it's Eddie Munster. Let's let this go. Bingo. The doors that I've opened with my Munster ID... Yeah. Is, it's just, you can get into any club, any country club. It's wild. Yeah, but I did watch maybe 15, 20 minutes of it and jumped around here and there. Her father, like, invented the kitchen toaster? Grandfather. Grandfather, okay. Her German, her grandfather on the German side of her, of right. her family. And not just the toaster, but a, a remarkable string of, of inventions. Oh, yeah, right at that time. The, stove, the kitchen stove. At that time when we started noticing that, hey, we could take this electricity stuff and turn it into heat. Like, so many different applications can be taken yeah. there. So, yeah, that's yeah. And uh, but when you hear her story of she was in things I did not know was that she was the only if I have this correct, she was the only singer of, of our time that has had three top one hits on uh, country rock and roll and pop charts. The only one. And at the height of her fame had five platinum albums in a row, never been achieved by anyone. Damn. Some of them double platinum. And sold out the largest venues in the country when she decided that she didn't like it anymore. She didn't like the music, like the way the music sounded. She didn't like to be on the road so much. Mm-hmm. And she said, "When I was a child, I grew up at my in my very musical family with my Spanish father, the the son of the inventor, with his Spanish side as well, who was a Spanish musician. What I used to term alto, I think. But, uh, he was a a singer." Yes, it's, but, and she sang with him later in, in, when she finally completed this particular part of her journey, is she said, I learned the soprano part for Pirates of Penzance at my mother's knee because she was a big fan of Gilbert and Sullivan, and she had the entire songbook, and she played it, and she said, they're doing this play, and I want to go for the lead characters of Soprano. And I, I knew that she had done it, I remember that she had done it, but they show clippings of it. She is a perfect soprano. <laughs> And nails it in a way which is so unassuming and authentic. 
And when you when she's interviewed, she says, yeah, really, I liked it. I don't know that, that I did it as well as I might have, but I sure enjoyed it. Always self-deprecating. But then the, the moment that she got with her father on the stage and they sang a duet, and when she went to Central Park with her complete, this completes her tour of her Spanish album that she cut after all of this, that she had a, one of the largest crowds ever in Central Park. And when the mariachis came out, she said the place absolutely <laughs> went nuts. This was their music, and they finally got to hear it. Mm -hmm. And when you see the clips of her singing in a mariachi band in a soprano, it's like, who is this superwoman? Yeah, wow. And recognizing her talent, is, I've always been a, a big fan, I just didn't know the full story, but particularly touching is the reminiscences of her women compatriots, Dolly Parton, mm -hmm. um, Bonnie Raitt, Emmy Lou Harris, yep. who ended up working with her and now everybody said the same thing they said she was just the most unassuming down to earth this is fun that's why we do it and frankly while i'm a perfectionist i don't know i don't think we're all that good and it's just so very charming and critics have said it didn't really get into any controversy over life and whatnot and i found that to be not at all it's in a way probably somewhat accurate but this is the thing he cited her trip to south africa during apartheid and they said you've got some have you gotten some blowback about doing that she said yeah i suppose she says look it's a gig in africa that's what i'm doing i'm not going to turn down opportunities to do what i do my music because of politics if i did i wouldn't appear in the united states great britain or australia <laughs> because i disagree with all their policies Burn. and i disagree with this one and he said something back and she was on fire <laughs> getting into nuclear power and what are you talking about you tell me do you support nuclear power the potential damage that this can cause tell me who would do that at this and then the the interviewer who was some sot I, and i want to he wasn't british but he might as well have been he was so terrible <laughs> He's, he starts laughing and he started his questioning by saying it was a controversial that you went there and this and that and she said i'm not sure why it should be controversial and then she got so controversial that he started laughing and said for somebody who doesn't want to be controversial, you sure are, you've just said a mouthful there. <laughs> <laughs> and she gave him a filthy look. And anyway, I, I it's the kind of thing I think you would love because the nuance, particularly the rather healthy ego and right. that, that she, she had. And when she was inducted into the Hall of Fame, she didn't go. She's got Parkinson's, which is very articulated in, in throughout this documentary mm -hmm. in a very realistic, and it's not a pity poor me approach in spite of her, her hit by right. the same name. Which is, of course, ironic. Yeah, but, it, I definitely look forward to watching the rest of it. It seemed the little clips that I saw seemed like the kind of documentary that I enjoy watching. Like, I guess the only, if you could come close to comparing her to anyone currently active, it must be like Taylor Swift, who went from country into pop and rock, yeah, and, and is I very think, down to earth yes. and centered, and has and a, a business whiz. healthy ego and, yeah. and a hell of a business whiz. So th that, and that, in fact, is true. It, she's certainly heading in, in in that direction. Now, all she has to do is add a foreign language album, do a Broadway play, and win a fucking Emmy for it. Okay, and then end up doing a trio with the two other most iconic women of our time. And right. cut an album with them, and oh, then go and do a whole year of nothing but mariachi, culminating in a Central Park of hundreds of thousands of people going wild. All and she's yeah. all dressed in the mariachis. It's I, as you can tell. I mean, my my fucking jaw was hanging open. It's cool. so pleasurable. I will put that in the show notes at happyhour.fm/slash/one two zero. And YouTube is so wonderfully accessible. It's just yeah. The especially now that they have these like movies that are available yeah um, 
because I only have, because I rarely watch YouTube from an American IP address like I had to do for this, I was unaware of how much they're trying to push their sort of movie rental business. Uh, like when I was watching this, the next, the, one of the movies that was suggested to me was Interstellar. Uh-huh. Thought, huh, oh, so and so we haven't spoken since we already spoke thoroughly about interstellar correct but then the homework is no. that true we didn't no, no. we just it's started not, it as homework for this episode yeah we talked about a little bit must be a little bit but yeah we haven't really gone into the the show notes i don't think we talked too much about it we but no, I don't know. I, I, I also can't remember because half of our last anyway. episode was, was erased. Oh, uh, so, so there you have it. I fell into a black hole. I think we simply touched on it, but I think that after watching it, I did some mental show notes, and that's what I'm thinking is my memory that we talked about it. That's a bit addled, I admit. Yeah, no, I, I oftentimes like cross can't recall. Synapse. Almost every day I ask my wife, did I tell you about that thing? And yeah. 50-50, she says yes, and another time she says no. And okay, I was just like going through the telling in my head but do you want i don't know do you want to talk about it it was pretty crazy it was it was unusual and i realized about not too far into it that i had seen it before and i couldn't Mm -hmm. remember all aspects of it and i remember that in order for me to have seen a good part of it before that it took me at least two times to get through the first 15 minutes the first half of it what what i what i found very difficult and it it set the tone in in a lot of ways for the rest of the movie was that the farm setting of Matthew McConaughey's character and him being in that farm setting with this engineering degree, I guess I didn't buy it. I didn't or I didn't feel like it was very authentic. And because of and I realized that and but this time and I said, I remember that feeling that way about it. Mm-hmm. But then I also remember that it got better. Yes. And of course what got better about it was Jessica Chastain, who just absolutely blew it out of the ballpark and here was my mental note uh, dear eric as you said you wish that that you said at the last episode as we talked about prometheus was it took a while for them to realize how to get making people turn old and look old and right. then in interstellar they did what was so smart which they got another actress yeah. who was really old in this case ellen burston and so it was the third iteration of that of the primary character. Yeah, that's so much better. And again, for example, in Mildred Pierce, where we where we watched Vita change from an annoying little girl to an annoying young woman. Boy, there's a follow up um, there, isn't there? Is there? Can you can you imagine a follow up starring starring even Rachel Wood with what happened with that soprano career and how it eventually crashed? Which you you would believe it would be because you think that bad things that you hope that sometimes I guess that bad things happen to bad people mm-hmm. <laughs> right that she should crash and burn but no I don't want to see any more of her character thank you you don't because you hated her so much you just yeah. like the character so much it's god I just yeah want to slap her face I just yeah can't. go away I don't yeah I don't want to know any more about what your if she, what if she suffered and then had a credible transformation would you like that you'd rather uh, just be sour about it for the rest of your life I want yes I want to Right. Keep what this be in my what bonnet. What would you rather have? Some wine or some vinegar? I'll take some vinegar, please. Are you sure? Yes. Am I dressing a salad or? <laughs> no. No, you need to be undressing. You'd be undressing the salad. Okay. There you go. Oh, what's underneath this leaf? Let me see. Oh. Okay. So, I, oh, go ahead. So, what, what were your thoughts about Interstellar then now that you did you watch it again? 
No, I don't, don't have, have that much free time, but I remember enough of it that yeah. I really loved the, I can't even remember exactly what their mission was. They were going to try, they were going to try and get- A new Matt, planet because Earth was dying of, of dust storms. But they had to go find Matt Damon who had gone rogue somewhere. They had set out, like they had set out, they had enough money to send out three or four missions in different directions with no hope except for one of them, perhaps, that would make it to the point where they could help with the relocation. And they made the wrong, there were a lot, a lot of, the, of this crap, the plot obviously would centered around the choices that they made where Jessica, once again, Jessica Chastain's character, I think it was her, no, 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 no. No, it was, some, it was somebody else, but somebody fell in love with the dude. I remember being underwhelmed by Anne Hathaway's performance. That's who it was. Let me ask you this. Have you ever not been underwhelmed by her performance? I, I, I... You're not a fan? I, she seems to me to be like Julia Roberts' light in lighthearted stuff, and she can play the cute character, but in a superhero thing or anything that is... Serious. I I, I'm with you on that. Okay, so while we're talking about time dilation and things, and Anne Hathaway, I recently discovered, and I asked you in email if you, if you can see... Amazon Prime Video. Oh, right. I recently discovered, and I haven't told anyone about this yet, so you, this is a world premiere for my opinion, that there's this show on Amazon Prime Video called Solos. And it is a super weird format. It's, I think they're like 45 minutes long. And there's only ever one actor. It's like a one person stage show. Yes, right there. How long is each episode? I think they're like 45 minutes. Huh. And they're disconnected. Like you can watch them out of order. They're not related to each. And each of them stars a really famous actor. The first episode is Anne Hathaway. And then the, and the last episode is Morgan Freeman. To oh. give you some idea. And oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. With the exception of the Morgan Freeman episode, there's only ever one actor on the screen at a time. Sometimes they are talking to a robot assistant to give some dialogue support. But... In the Anne Hathaway one, she is she's this physicist nerd in her basement trying to solve like she's right on the cusp of solving, if not time travel, time communication. And she's trying to communicate with herself 10 years from now. And she she's wor working on this and she finally figures it out. And she's able to pull up a like a like a Zoom call, but it's more 3D because it's in the future, talking to herself. And and she's all excited. Oh my god, I finally did it. And the other person is really excited. Oh my god, we finally connected. And they they do this sort of skepticism thing. Okay, prove to me that you are really me. Who is the first boy we kissed? That sort of thing. And then but then they there's a complication and there's another and they and they end up having a three-way time zoom call with another one of her. And one that's of them great, is one great. of them is from 10 years in the future and the other is from 10 years in the past. The reason that she's trying to travel or at least communicate with the future is because her mother is dying of ALS. Wow. Hey, and so let me ask you this. When they're doing the show, are they she's talking to them, but are the other two do you see the other two selves yes. on the screen? They're like little 3D projections of herself from the t shoulders up like we're seeing each other now. Uh -huh. And but like it's all recorded and but it and then there's the other ones are one of the episodes is there's this woman who is scared to leave her house because there's a global pandemic and she has what this a little, stupid idea. I know. When would that's that ever science happen? Science fiction. And there, no. and so she has this Alexa like person 
that is there talking to her and explaining to her. I don't know that one. Shut up, Alexa. That is talking to her and telling her, look, really, the, everything is fine now. You can go back out. But she's been consuming all of this, all of this conspiracy social media that, that where she doesn't believe that it's really safe. And she thinks that it's all a big, that, that the officials are, are trying to get her to, to leave her safe home so that, so that she will get the virus and die. And it's super interesting to like, and she's certain that her best friend, she's been in, she's been in this house by herself for 20 years because of this pandemic. And she's certain that her best friend from her childhood, like when the thing, when everything was shutting down, like she called up her best friend and and was like, okay, whenever they, whenever they tell us it's safe to come out, we're not going to come out because they're going to lie to us and there's going to be, it's it's not going to be real. And so they... And so she thinks, my best friend is doing this with me. She's not going to give up either. And the robot guy is, look, your best friend left the house 15 years ago. She's married. She has two kids now. Time has passed. And this woman is just not believing it. Anyway, it's a super clever. Wow. I've like I always say that I love it when the, when the protagonist is rationally insane. Right. And this is, that, this is my kind of thing. But anyway. Yeah, I, it's, love, it's just wonderful to get lost in stuff, clearing the mind to have something so interesting that that's all that's happening right you're, you're it takes you away from your yeah your daily just, worries this, this is what you're thinking about no, nothing else very relaxing like it's um, like listening to this podcast really like yeah <laughs> our listener is probably driving somewhere and pay attention to the cars in front of you but to the point of sleep <laughs> yeah hey you had a thing to tell me about rainbow oh. do you believe in them what <laughs> Yeah, I believe them. So what did you what did you ask me about rainbows earlier? Oh, I was repeating a, a silly joke about how much do rainbows weigh. Oh. And the answer is, not much. They're pretty light. <laughs> right. Which I said that... It's a beautiful little joke. Any story or joke about a rainbow instantly brings to mind all the rainbows we've seen. And I meant to tell you this the story that when I worked in the Pacific Ocean on a fishing boat and out in the ocean was after a storm that was when you're in the pacific ocean and you're only five six miles offshore you can't see shore anymore after a certain distance it's not all that far right and the ocean's very big and there was a, so storms or you weather a storm it's really quite the description of it and it's fearful and fearful makes you pointed and you've got to you got to react when you're in a, I was on a 36 foot boat and a 42 foot boat, but on this particular 42 foot boat, I believe it was after the storm, which we weathered, there was a beautiful rainbow that appeared and it was as big as anything I've ever seen in terms and brilliant because mm-hmm. there was, it was just the ocean and the rainbow and then appeared underneath it, a second rainbow. So it was a double rainbow. Normally and, the second one appears above, but okay. And, and the more brilliant uh, one is usually the, the lower one. That may be uh, that may be the way that it occurred. My memory is a bit addled, as we've established. But at another point, there was a rainbow around the sun, mm-hmm. which was behind clouds. That happens too. And it was a circular. And I'll never forget those those images. So any story or any joke that anybody tells it has rainbow and it brings back, I think to everybody these. You may for you know you may have an interesting rainbow anecdote that you want to share, an anecdote that you want to share with our. Everyone has been in awe of a rainbow at some point, I would imagine. Are you familiar with Double Rainbow Guy? He was an internet meme? No. Ah. So this was back when uh, there were already like viral videos, but this is maybe 12 years ago or so. There, there was this video that was being shared around where it was this guy out in Yosemite, we'll say, and he had his, he, this was like before everyone had smartphones, he, he had his, his video camera and this storm had passed and there was this double rainbow. And he seemed to 
it seemed to have been his first ever double rainbow he's ever seen. And it just blew his mind. I don't know what other substances he'd been participating in beforehand, but it's the, the way he describes it is so infectious. You know how someone uh -huh. can get excited about something and it uh -huh. makes you excited about it. And he's in this video, it's a, it's a short little video. I will send it to you and it obviously will be in the show notes, but he's just, oh my God, there's two of them. Holy shit. <laughs> what? This is the most amazing. What does it mean? What does this mean? <laughs> and he's just having this existential uh, moment with his double rainbow. And it is just so beautiful. Sadly, he has since uh, passed away, but- uh, Oh, and now he knows, right? But, but when that happened- like punished. <laughs> When that happened, like he did all the, he went to the Today Show and all of those things that, that, that happened when you become internet famous overnight. But that is a really good video. A decade ago, I got really into atmospheric photography and learning about clouds and following websites that talked about clouds and the different effects that you can see in the sky and how there are actually triple rainbows. You can have and it's all based on the angles that the light is hitting the ice, the, 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 it's not ice. For the ones around the moon or the sun, that is ice. But for normal rainbows, it's with the water droplets. And like, it's so well understood how rainbows happen and how they are reflecting back and how they act as prisms to separate the light. But with a double rainbow, the colors are reversed. So I think, I'm just going on memory now. I think the on the inside, one? I think on the inside of the arch for the lower one, is red and on the outside is the purple and then on the second one the inside is purple and the outside is red because it's a reflection no because it's is the way yes it's reflecting the light off of the water droplets in your eye and i saw one time man how i bet i can find this photo i once saw a rainbow that was wow i totally forgot about this until just now that was like normally the the arches have the same their circles around the same center. But I found one where there was one arch and then another arch at a different angle. And this was because I was just, one of them was the light coming from the sun hitting the raindrops and into my eye. And the other was the sun hitting the sea and going back up into the sky, oh. hitting the drops and then hitting my eye. So it was at it's a totally a different angle. Yeah, somewhere I have this photo. I'll oh my, I'd love to see no. that. And it was love, super- I, I think I've got, I've got one of those two pictures in my memory i've got a picture of it but i've had difficulty over the years keeping uh log of the stuff long and, and mine was before the digital right, age right. so anyway but yeah my 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 weird phenomenon while out on a boat story has to be when i was on my honeymoon in venezuela and we went out on this boat to go over to some other island or to see some shipwreck or something and we we're coming back and in the caribbean they have these amazing thunderstorms that it almost never like I, my understanding is that uh, sometimes it will pour for 40 minutes and then the rest of the day will be sunny, but they have some pretty amazing storms there. And that was the only place I've ever actually seen a tornado, huh. but these were two, they were, but they were on this, on the sea. So they were like water spouts, but they were uh -huh. off in the, uh -huh. off in the distance. And that was pretty freaking wild. Have you ever seen a tornado? Not a tornado, but I've seen a water sprout. I was in uh, Louisiana, way deep in the uh, wetlands in a, a hike in a public park area that was fascinating. And on the left side of me was a part of the wetland in between two shorelines, which had some cattails on either shore. But it was about a 30-yard expanse of water. And the wind blew some dust off the other bank and created a perfect little cyclone mm -hmm. over the water, which traveled, because it was the dust you could see it. It bounced on the water, traveled over the water, 
And when it hit the cattails on the other side, it dissipated in just a split second of holy shit, I've never seen anything like it. And it was only, it was probably about 16 or 18 feet tall. Right. Those, are called, it? those are called dust devils. Dust devils. Ah, I thought that was the name of a vacuum cleaner. Or did they name those after the vacuum cleaner? They should have. Dust devils are, are actually, have been spotted on Mars as well by our rovers. Uh, that's a thing that happens. Huh. That's pretty cool. So Mars has, Mars has wind enough to spiral. So back to Interstellar. One of the interesting things about Matt Damon playing the, the, the that character was that because I like him. He doesn't play, and, he's not a good bad guy. And like most of his characters, I didn't like that he was the bad guy. He, I'm not sure that I liked him in a role that he was a total fucking slime ball. He can't and, pull and it, I, like, you, he can't pull it off. His face is. That's there. not true. He pulled off the bad guy in one mm. of his earliest movies, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, he that's was true. Abs- he was absolutely chilling. This was this is a different thing. Sure. It's it wasn't whether he could pull it off or not. He could pull it off. It's that I don't like him in those characters. Although I didn't, I because I didn't. He was early in his career when he did tell Mr. Ripley, and then since when I've seen it, he's so skinny mm. and so young that it's like seeing a different uh, character. But it, but in this case, it was painful to see him in a despicable character because I'm so used to him playing people that I really love the character. Right. Exactly. It's okay. Hey, man, don't do this film. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with the porn identity thing, man. Be on our side with us. Don't be somebody that we find reprehensible. Has, hey. has Tom Hanks ever played a, a villain? Yeah, and not well for the same reason. When you remember that crazy four, four points in history movie that we talked about the other day with Tom Hanks and four characters and Halle Berry and four characters and over the course of many centuries. And <laughs> one of the Tom Hanks characters was... Uh, was I'm gonna see it? I talked with you about this film, and you told me you had seen it. So at least you were familiar with it. But he plays a, a real rough and tumble guy. His hair's cut all tough guy, short hair, tough looking little black goatee, dressed in you know tight leather suit, earring hanging out of his ear, scowl on his face, headed I think or short hair. And he did it. He didn't do it. He threw a guy out of a window. It just it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't believable. I, and I don't know. Not that Matt Damon was believe. We talked about it last episode. It was uh, pro to perdition. He was no. He was a bad guy in that. He pulled that off. He pulled that off. To... Elvis has left the building. <laughs> this was who else was in it? Was Susan Sarandon? There's not a lot of movies that all those actors were in together. You should be able to find it. But but when we talked about it last episode, you said, "Yeah, I'm familiar with that." But what the heck forgot. is the Great Buck Howard? A movie? I've never heard of this. Starring Tom Hanks, his son Colin Hanks, and John Malkovich. What? Homework. From 2008. What's the name of it? The Great Buck Howard. Never once did that come across my radar. Weird. Anyway, I like his son. His he's I, his son has done some good stuff. I, I saw an interesting thing today. On HBO, actually. There's this... I thought it was just like a one... Apparently, there's it's a... TV show, a series called, but it's a documentary. It's called The 100 Foot Wave. And it's about big wave surfers trying to surf the biggest possible wave. And that's a world that I know nothing about. Yes, fascinating. 100 Foot Wave, it's called, right? Did you say that? Yes. Have you seen this? No, but I've seen the uh, trailer for it several times. So I I watched the first episode today. Oh, yeah? How many are there out? I, I, it didn't show me how many there were. I watched the first episode, and when I finished, it said, do you want to start the second? And I said, no, I don't have time. Oh, so gotcha. at least two. Gotcha. And, but it's really wild. And 
I knew enough to know if you had asked me where the biggest waves are, I could have told you that they are in Portugal. But, Is that true? Yes. Uh, and that's where this is shot? But, and, and, but it's it's documented over the last 20 years, and it's really over the last 15 years, because they went, well, shoot, the last 10 years, because they were, he finally went to Portugal in 2010. And, but it talks about how, and around the year 2000, they figured out that because you can't surf a big wave if you are just surfing normally where you are lying on your board, paddling with your arms, and then trying to get up on the board, the big waves are too fast for that. You can't do it. So what you need is you need to be towed. You need to have someone on a motorboat or a jet ski that is pulling you and riding on your surfboard, and they get you up to speed, and then you can ride the super big wow. waves. But, and these waves are like, they look like nothing because there's no, you don't have a point of reference for their size. But then when you see the little dude out there surfing on this big, right. huge wave, because a hundred feet is an eight story building. And if you fall from there, you're falling really far and you get going really fast. And then you'd get the shit beat out of you for a whole minute. You have to hold your breath for a whole minute while the, you lose sense of what is up and what is down. You're pummeled. And you're just pummeled, pummeled, pummeled. pummeled. And, but apparently in this place in Portugal, there's this under the water, just off the coast, there's this canyon that is three times deeper than the Grand Canyon. Just right off the coast, the seafloor just goes down. But there's this long canyon. And so the ocean currents come you know, through this canyon, and then they get to the end, and they have to go up to, to the surface. And that's what makes these incredibly huge waves. Wow. And this guy, like, he's visibly older. Now he's probably 60. But when he was doing this 10 years ago, he was 50, surfing these crazy-ass waves. I remember thinking that I couldn't believe how old the... If I caught the trailer, caught the meaning of the trailer fully. Or... So anyway, this could be homework for, for next time. I've pretty much explained what it's about, but I am intrigued. Like, I want to... Because okay. ob obviously, he will achieve his dream of the 100-foot wave, because that's the freaking title. But it reminds me of Free Solo. Did you ever watch that movie? No. It, I don't know if it won the Oscar. I think it did. That's Free Solo. That's this stupid, crazy kid that climbed El Capitan in Yosemite, but like by himself, just with no ropes or anything, because that's what free solo means. Yeah. And it's it follows him as he's going through this journey, and like he has to, because it's going to take him like 10 hours to do it, he has to get up at like at 5 a.m. the morning he's going to do it and get prepared and start from the bottom and take w what water and supplies he can carry on his person. And there's a couple times where he starts in the morning and gets up a couple hundred feet and says, I'm not feeling it today. We're going to scrap it for today. But then eventually... Because uh, he didn't feel like he was physically ready. Right. But like, but then in the times when he's not doing it, what he does do is he goes up with ropes and he practices. There are like 12 or 15 really dangerous jumps where he has to jump from here to over there and catch and make sure he has to practice the way he's going to swing his legs to get the momentum up to make it to make that jump. So he practices this a whole bunch with ropes and he, he falls a whole bunch, but the ropes catch him and he just does that each of those, each of those jumps, uh, he practices and practices and then he does it with no rope, which is that's just crazy, man. Stupid. And that's free solo. Free solo is the name of that movie. Oh, wow. Boy. I've got, I got a lot to do. <laughs> you got, you got... I've got a whole page of notes. <laughs> oh my God, the pressure's on. I got to deliver. I would tell you this, that um, thinking of our the last week is that the amount of moisture that we're getting in Kalamazoo with occasional rains, some gully washers has been remarkable for for the growth of the uh, the trees and the grass and whatnot. And I remember summers when that wasn't the case, when it was drought-laden. And it's Wait. just wonderful to see how 
vibrant everything is here. It's no place like it. Is it gully washer or rainstorm? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I just hadn't... I've certainly never used that that term, but now we will. I hope you do. So let's think about when will the next... When will you try it after the next heavy rain? Yes. You'll turn to your family and you'll say, wow, that was one hell of a gully washer. Jeepers, family. And you chose. <laughs> you chose to say, what's that mean, Daddy? <laughs> and you'll say, there's a gully. It's full of debris. The rains come. Wash it out. They wash out the gully. Therefore, we call it. And they all say in unison, a gully washer. Yes. And then they clap. Oh, oh. oh they learned something new. Yeah. Gully washer. Gully washer. That's my, it's one of my wife's terms, too. We grew up in the same general geographic area in the same. She's a year ahead of me in high school, but we went to different high schools. And she's a... Same vernacular. Yes. So Which, it seems to me that you and I have exchanged quite a few communications. And I do not do a good job of remembering what I sent you, but I just send you stuff that I think is interesting enough to talk about. What have you gotten from me that you actually did something about? You lazy, good-for-nothing producer. Well, today I received from you this, could this be the greatest movie cast ever? Ah. There's a new Wes Anderson movie. And I don't know. I'm not the biggest Wes Anderson fan. I know people that are, think he's amazing. I but... just saw uh, Moonflower. Moonstruck? No, the Wes Anderson. Can't you tell I think you it might be the one he did before Budapest Hotel, which was Edward Norton is a Boy Scout and you know, these young people who ran away. Moonflower something or the yes. Francis Bill Murray playing lawyers who were married to one another. Their child was one of the main characters. Moonrise um, Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. I did it's enjoy that one. A, well, and just odd. Well, I mean, they know? all are. Well, they all are. And then the other one with Gene Hackman, which of all, I love Gene Hackman. I saw him again in a Western that I wanted to make a note to you about because I think it's one of the funniest Westerns ever made from an angle. But it, That would have been the Royal Tenenbaums. The Royal Tenenbaums, but I love him. I just love everything he's in. And he is in some of the best Westerns. He is a wonderful actor in Wait, westerns. he's in the, the hotel chain best westerns not that one. no this would be the the other one but i came across the movie and i thought whoa the main character in a western is a woman and it's sharon stone whoa and who's the protagonist gene hackman who owns the town and every year because he's a gunslinger every year he has a contest of loaded quick draws and he's always the one who wins and he says in the movie, it's the way I know who my enemies are, and I just kill them once a year. <laughs> and he has uh, chained a, a minister who's broken the code of the town, who's played by Russell Crowe. Wow. And when Russell Crowe, who plays this preacher, is interacting with Sharon Stone, who saves his life, and then the two of them interacting with, with Gene Hackman, and then some character actors that you've seen in scores of movies. Okay. But here's the thing. Here is the thing. This director, whose name is escaping me, but you, when you get into this, this, is what I want you to look at. Sam Raimi. He, Sam Raimi. He would do these close-ups of people that would be like, bump, bump, closer, closer, with violin music going, bump, until he got just their eyes in the frame. And he either did it going from a broad screen, going in or out, bump, bump, or to the out. <laughs> And it got to be where you had to laugh out loud because it wasn't intended to be funny, but it was like a parody of these Western movies. Right. And at one point, in two different occasions, somebody gets shot with a bullet. 
and it puts a hole through a part of their body that you can see daylight through the other side <laughs> from a pistol. Right. One guy, the other dude is in it is David Keith, black actor who you've seen in a million things, plays like what he calls himself as a shootist. And he, he gets killed. But anyway, that might be some homework for you. Just you don't have to say a whole lot of it. to, to I watched the whole thing, of course. His and name is Keith Leonard, David. And Leonard DiCaprio. Yep. Leonardo, he goes by. Leonardo plays the supposed son of the town's, what do you call it, the main character. And sure. uh, he's, he's, he looks like he's 16, but he's actually like 23. Right. In yeah, this. Yeah. For those of you that are on the edge of your seat and have not yet looked at the show notes. Oh, man. Oh, man. Tell me, how do I get to see this, this movie? This movie is called The Quick and the Dead. The Quick and the Dead. From 1995. Is it a remake of a Sam? Was it a remake? from? No. The screenplay was written by Simon Moore. And it was purchased by Sony Pictures in 1993. Sharon Stone signed on both as star and co-producer. And so remember the guy with the big must, Sam Elliott is the star of a movie called The Quick and the Dead. And I think that this uh, Sharon Stone was a remake. Sam Elliott played the... <laughs> okay, so there is a movie called The Quick and the Dead from 1963, ah. 1978. 1987, and then this one in 1995. <laughs> so, I think I'm onto something here. But are they... It's based on the Louis L'Amour novel from... There you go. All of them. No, shit. The, okay, the, eight, the 1987 film... Which was Sam Elliott. ...is a television movie directed by Robert Day based on the Louis L'Amour's novel from 1973, 10 years after the first Quick and the Dead movie. Wow. Oh, the 1963 movie is set in Nazi-occupied Europe during, during World War II. And the, hold on. The, the 1963 one is, in, is the Nazis. The 1978 one is about Grand Prix racing. And the 1987 one is a Western. But starring, they're not all based on the St. Louis. Starring Sam Elliott. Just the Western, piece, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> it's just a pretty popular name. Apparently, yeah, we need to rebrand the podcast as the uh, the quick and dead. <laughs> we could, <laughs> that would be... we could, we could, but I'll I'll be the quick one, you be the dead one. <laughs> wow, there's a book. There's a book from nineteen nineteen fifty. No, the movies. No. no, the first time that name was used was in nineteen fifty six. There's a book. I don't know what it's about because it's not linked. And then there was a collection of collection of short stories in nineteen sixty five. Wait, no, I'm taking it back. There was a novel by Ellery Queen in 1943 called The Quick and the Dead. What a bizarre rabbit hole of Wikipedia I've fallen into. Right. Hey, The Quick I... and the Dead, the bio, biomedical theory in ancient Egypt is a nonfiction book. Like, what the? F wow. We're down the uh, Quick and the Dead wormhole, man. It's like. Let's rebrand. I think you're onto something here. All right. How about this? How about is the subtitle? I'm pretty quick. Happy Hour with. How, what is the name of our show? What is it? Happy Hour with Dennis and Eric. Because I put you first, because you're the elder statesman. The elder. And then the subtext is, colon, the quick and the dead. That's yes. pretty good. Why don't we? Hey, I'm, no, we need a little change up here. <laughs> so here's a question. What can we discuss every episode from now on about some factor of one of these versions? What we'll do from now on is just watch these movies and talk about them. For, it would be what, 17 episodes? What if we talked about... Accounting, and we were sponsored by Quicken. Whoa. Because. Just it could change their motto. 
somehow good or dead. <laughs> well, I mean, it's taxes and death, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll let their we'll let their marketing geniuses <laughs> grapple with that one. Okay, our job today is to try to figure out how we can work into an optimistic jingo that we're dead. You wouldn't be caught dead without Quicken, your favorite accounting software. Whew, the dark and dreary. So. I'm gonna get out in the. I'm gonna get out in the weather today. I'm gonna. To, I'm gonna take my little car for a little spin. My little hmm. sports car. I'm Which now you have not sold yet. Me, and I've softened on it. Several people I've talked to who said, "Maybe that's a great car. Why don't? Really? Why don't you just keep it? You obviously love driving it. So, you know, what's the cost you, man? Yeah. Plus, what? I can't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried and you failed. So it's almost is that the, is that the silver lining? If that's the worst that's gonna happen, then I get to keep driving it. Oh, it's yeah. not for any lack of trying. Sorry to inform you. In, sorry to inform you, Dennis, but you have to keep your sports car. Oh, damn! Our thoughts, our prayers are with you. Where, where are you going to drive? Just going to drive for the hell of driving because that's what uh, convertible owners do. Yeah, I'd stop somewhere, have a beer, get a little food, maybe. There's a great place called Bell's Brewery. We've talked about it before. They've got a beautiful beer garden outside. It's all shady now. The trees have all grown up. And they're under pro- protocols, which have slowed their service quite a bit. But they got a decent amber. It's better on draft than it is in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bell's Amber Ale, aptly named, mm-hmm. which I generally don't like to drink out of a bottle. It's the last choice, but I quite enjoy it out of the draft at the brewery itself. And I was there the other day with family, grandkids running around in the grass. It's just, and there's several places like this that are, that are outside, kid-friendly, some dog-friendly, others not. But, of nice. course, everybody's moved toward outdoor seating if they've had any way to do it. And that's flourishing, just flourishing. So that's fun. That's what's great about this town, actually. Remember how I stumbled upon these friends of friends that had this pool villa that we stayed at for three days? Yeah. Um, I love those pictures, by the way. They're coming to visit us for two days tomorrow and the next day. Too. Wow. So wow. we've got a fully stocked fridge of beer, which is going to be more than we're going to be able to consume with them. But then I'm going to be, hey, do you remember the old Spanish term, de Rodriguez? De Rodriguez. After they leave, my wife is leaving me for two weeks, and I'm going to have a fridge full of beer and no (laughs) responsibility. (laughs) Well, So that's that's going to suck. You're not not taking off, too. You're still going to work. Yeah, I'm going to work. No no marital responsibilities. When, like... You don't necessarily realize how much that is, the cooking and organizing and all that stuff until it's gone. And then you're like, whoa. So where are the kids, though? Kids kids have been for the last couple weeks down with their grandparents. And we didn't bring them back up from southern Spain. Down Uh, in Barcelona? No, down in Estremadura, which is down south. And my in-laws have a house down there, and they've been down there. It's a great, uh, great Tommy Castro tune going down south it's a great you just uh use the term going down south where i don't have to worry i've no need to hurry no i'm not gonna worry i'm going down south where i don't have to hurry i won't have to worry no more and then the chorus I'm going down south where I don't have to hurry. I don't need to hurry. No, I'm not going to worry. I'm going down south where I don't have to hurry. I don't have to worry no more. So I saw live music the other day. Wait, that, that's another title collision nightmare. There are so many songs called Going Down South. There we go. <laughs> another wormhole. <laughs> 
<laughs> another wormhole. Wormholes. <laughs> wormholes to music and movies and novels. Don't stop going going south because they'll let you play your music real damn loud. Don't stop heading heading south because they will understand the words that are pouring from your mouth. That's nice. Rhyming mouth with south. That's clever. That I remember. How long ago was it? During the with the COVID height, and we found the blues tune. Did you find it? The blues tune that you said. I remember you said the one of the few records of the common man's yes, yes. of the nineteen eighteen uh, flu ep epidemic, and. Yes, there was. We definitely talked about that, and the lyrics are fantastic. And you sang some of them at, at one point. I, I actually. And what I loved about that was how it. They talked about how it killed the rich people and the poor people, which yes. was so novel it, for the poor people because normally. Now, did you send me? You did you send me? Or we exchanged the link of the actual music. Yes. But do you have that uh, handy? It's in the show notes at tapio.fm slash something or other. Wait a minute, sloppy here. Episode number one oh seven. Oh, no kidding. The uh, 1919 Influenza Blues. Humor me for this. And it was 1919, it, yes. Even if you have to edit it, it out later, but I want to hear it real quick. Just the first part of it. I, that's can you put harder it in chat room? to do. I can put it in the chat room. We can try and press play at the same time. Can, did you see a chat link? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Subaru commercial. Where are you? Eric, where are you? Oh no, did I lose you? I'm here, baby. Oh, okay. There <laughs> you are. There you are. I just, I just had to, had to remember that. Well, it was God's almighty plan. He will judge in this old land, north and south and east and west. It can be seen. It killed the rich. It killed the poor. And it's gonna kill a little bit more if you don't turn or turn away from the shame. Well, down in Memphis, Tennessee, the doctor said it soon would be. In a few days, events would be controlled. Doctor sure, man, he got had. Sent the doctors all home to bed, and the nurses all. All broke out the same well it was influenza is a kind of disease it makes you weak down to your knees it carries a fever the surely a dread it sent all the doctors home to bed and the nurses they broke out with the same well it was God's almighty plan he was judging this old land this old land. Hmm. This old land. Yeah, baby. See y'all next week, bro. I'll be, hey, I'm glad we... Do your homework. <laughs> well, got a whole page of notes. I'm glad we stopped doing that uh, sudden leaving. I know, it just gets kind of old. I always like the kind of endings we have. That fantastic exit is the end of episode number 120. You can find the show notes with all of the links to the Double Rainbow Guy and the movies that we talked about at happyhour.fm slash 120. And you can help support the show at patreon.com slash happyhour. We'd love for you to buy us around.
We'll see you next week. 